You know what goes good with drinking? Eating. You can't live on beer alone, or at least not for too long anyway. Actually, maybe you can. I'm not a doctor. What I do know is that I wouldn't want to, because sometimes food can bring out the best in beer, and vice versa. On today's show, we'll talk about how to pair beer with your food, make some suggestions, and maybe point you in the right direction to maximize your food experience this holiday season. So come in and have a drink. Welcome to the show where you learn along with us about the glorious drink called beer. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. <laughs> okay, I know we keep saying we're not going to cover this story forever, but it just, it keeps coming back. It's a it zombie. It keeps on giving. It really is. <laughs> but uh, back to the Saab Miller AB InBev buyout. Uh, AB InBev buying out Saab Miller. In the very beginning, we said that this was not going to be allowed to happen, and Miller keep cores under its stable of brands. And our most recent update is saying that under the terms of the purchase agreement, Molson, Molson Coors will acquire Saab Miller's 50% voting interest and 58% economic interest in Miller Coors. Upon completion of the transaction, Miller Coors will become a wholly owned subsidiary of Molson Coors, and Molson Coors will have full control of the operations and resulting economic benefits of Miller Coors. Under the agreement, Molson Coors will acquire full ownership of the Miller brand portfolio outside of the U.S. and retain the rights to all the brands currently in the Miller Coors portfolio for the U.S. market. So the way I'm reading this, and anyone can write in and correct me if they feel that I'm wrong, I'm good. just going to say I'm already confused. Yeah, what it seems like is the exact opposite of what we speculated from episode two when this whole thing started. Because we thought that surely in the U.S. they would not allow this mega company monopoly to stay with all these brands and there would be a massive sellout of, you know, Millard has to dump all these brands that they own in order to let Embed buy them. But what seems that's happened is Miller's going to dump all those brands internationally into cores and then sell the controlling stakes of cores back to cores. So cores will, it's the exact opposite in that cores will own all of Miller's brands internationally while InBev will control everything U.S. domestically. I feel like they were listening, and they decided just to just to prove us wrong. They did this out of spite. <laughs> I think so, too. It is very complicated. Uh, we'll try and get the link to this story up there because it is really riddled with legalese. The first like two paragraphs of the story is just riddled with the stock exchange logos of everyone, and it is really difficult to read. There's but so the, many parentheses. Yeah, it's a nightmare. But uh, we'll put it up on the website if you want to go check it out. Uh, you can also Google it. You'll find the story everywhere. But moving into some of our first actual news, um, something that we started following recently, uh, Kickstarter for the ePint Smart Beer Mug. Mm. Which is hit and miss. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be honest. I watched about a minute and 34 seconds of this video and uh, their little intro video about what this thing does and I, I don't know why it, it's a, why it exists. 
Yeah. No, they even say it in the video. Why make it? Because we can. As far as Kickstarter videos go, it's on par with how terrible it should be. The video is god-awful. That's the only way to describe it. I, I do like... I mean, they make a point in the video. They're trying to get on the Internet of Things and incorporating beer into that. You know, why, why not make it work? Because you can integrate very helpful services when it comes to drinking. Yeah. So just, I, I do understand that part. Yeah, we've, but it's, we've not it's, even said what this is yet. Yeah, it's, a, it's an internet-connected, light-up beer mug. Okay, yeah. so here's here's the problem I'm having with the idea behind these services, because if you watch the video, they talk a bit about it and how it, it'll send, you know, updates to whatever in their app and you can mm-hmm. you can use the app to play drinking games which okay that that actually looks kind kind of neat like I, as it's watching I went you know what this could be the most amazing beer pong setup of all time yeah some of it would look kind of fun like that uh, and but like it they, they show you know it updating people who aren't at the party that you drank another beer and I went that just seems tedious it's so, it's so you, it was kind of letting her know like hey so just had another one, not quite coming home just yet, but I will, you know, it's probably like, oh, I'm going to need a ride home now when later, because the other thing about it is that it monitors how much alcohol you've had. So much like the drunk mode app that we talked about, um, the, the article that I found, which I could hardly get through because there's so many ads on the website, but the article point what brought it up as, here's this cool thing basically that helps you drink responsibly. And when it presented it as that, I thought it was a really neat thing. It's just that the video on Kickstarter is so bad. The article may have presented it as that. The video did not. The video was a love letter to binge drinking. Basically. It's like the partier's companion. That's fine, and that's that's cool and all. I'm just saying, like, I'm looking at it going, I mean, yeah, it won't help when you're out drinking with people because – are you bringing the cup with you when you go to the bar to set it down? Yeah, not the bar. It definitely did show like just like a house party. Which yeah, is, like, it shows funny. house parties and uh, people having friends over for sporting events because you can get the uh, colors on the lights in it. Well, you can change the colors to match with your sporting team and all that kind of thing. And that like certain, um, I guess the sporting apps would integrate with that app so that if your team scores, like if the game is going on and your team scores, the mug will like flash the team colors and stuff yeah um i did so i kind of broke it like okay so the bad parts here obviously the kickstarter video itself is pretty awful as far as kickstarter videos go um it is kind of a silly idea and they're probably not going to make their funding in time because they don't have have, much longer they have 11 days to go yeah uh, as of recording so by the time this is up you know just a little over a week probably yeah uh and they only have $10,217. So I'm, I'm betting they're not going to make their make their goal. Out of the yeah, $50,000 goal. Out of yeah. the $50,000 goal. So they're just over <laughs> – they're not close. Which is it's, a little unfortunate. I mean, you just – I guess you don't want to see too many Kickstarters have that issue no matter what it's about. But You know, part of me doesn't want to see any Kickstarter fail. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm neg- I was negative about it when we started talking about it. It's just not for me, but it does look like something that I, you know, I want to exist out there for someone. I want people to be excited and. and I'm sure this would kill at frat parties. Oh, and it could be it could be opened up. It could become so many different things because even in the video they say they were going to open the API up, Mm -hmm. so all kinds of different apps could develop for it and bring it in. Well, so that's one of the other good things that I I had on the list, the open API and the fact in the video they talk about. it integrates with IFT, which is I-F-T-T-T, which is like one of the best services. I swear, if you're not using it, get on board. If you use a bunch of different cloud services or, or whatever, um, it's the most amazing thing. And with that, integrating with it could be very helpful. Like it could automatically send a text message to somebody when you've had so many beers. It could, um, it could very much integrate with Uber. I think that's one of the um, services now that integrates on IFT. Like it's that that part was a big selling point to me, and the fact that it's on iOS and Android out of the gate. I, um, all I'm saying is, if if I had one of these things, I would be terrified to to put it in the dishwasher 
because I would think it would cause some kind of explosion. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, I worry about the the chips in it and whatnot. But I I I did like the it's uh, it's a poly, so it's made of polycarbonate, which is a very I mean the Lumia Microsoft Lumia phones are made of polycarbonate. Like most a lot of cell phones that have plastic on them are polycarbonate plastic, like they're hardcore. So it's it's a not easily breakable material, which is kind of nice. But yeah, the I worry about the components in it, I guess, being washed. Yeah. Um, because it says it's waterproof, which you're like, duh, it's a cup. But I think that maybe maybe they're referring to the components. Yeah, the, meaning they're completely sealed away, so it doesn't. I, I would say hope so. Dishwasher safe. I would actually. I don't care if it said dishwasher safe, and I paid what they're asking for these. I would just be hand washing them to make sure it didn't get ruined. I'm just saying it may cause a nuclear chain reaction in your dishwasher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the no, only thing, and that's impossible, sad... and I don't want to have anyone mad and think I'm trying to to make them not not right. give them money. The 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 sad thing when I watched the video, I actually got excited, <laughs> and this is only out of the like, the most ridiculous thing, because it's that time of year for us, but. The colors that they have in the video that they keep highlighting are blue and red. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to be great for the Legion launch for Ford versus Alliance. Yeah, but, except uh, we no. don't know anyone who'd be using using. No, and we would never use these in a million years. But it, <laughs> otherwise, I mean, I I could think of a lot of instances where it'd probably be cool. I guess for people, we're overlooking the best feature of these mugs: the fact that there is a bottle opener in the bottom of oh, the mugs. That is neat, actually. <laughs> That is like yeah, the greatest the feature. You know where it would be a good place for that? Like like somewhere near like either the the handle corner or like you know, somewhere where it's like easily get to like the, the, the bottom just seems cumbersome. Yeah. But still it's it's nice and built but in. Is, yeah, it is built in. So on that end I'm like, yeah, no. Because if you're I at just, a, if you, if it's for a house party and you're at a friend's house and you're like, Where who's got the bottle opener? Where's the, the you know, like just, yeah. the thing that happens. And it, I, well, in the video, I, they showcase a few things about it. Like after it lights up when you're taking a drink, and then when you set it down, it like the the colored light shuts off, and then it's just like glowing white. So oh, because it, it was empty. It knows yeah, when it's it empty. Knows when you're empty. It's, it changes colors because um, it's got like, an accelerometer in it. Yeah. If it if it like spoke to me when I shut it, set it down, that would be that would be a thing that make me start like going like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> it's like feed me, put more in. All right. See, I wonder if you could program it to do that. You know, wait. You know, like, accelerometer? Does that mean you could take it on one of those beer runs? <laughs> That'd be cool. It could calculate how much you're chugging versus like how much you've had. Yeah. Going. I'm just saying. I also think it'd just be funny to hear hear Mug say to me, "Mug needs beer badly." Ah, Mug need beer. I want it to be in the voice of the the innkeeper of Hearthstone. Ah, welcome to my end. Uh, Pull up a chair. We got we got really deep into video games a bit there, but yeah, uh, it relates. All right, well we've awarded it we've awarded the e pint entirely too much time. Yeah. No, so if you want to check that out, just enough time. Go go look at it. If you well, want to check that it, out, we'll have the link up, and the link will it, be good for a few more days. Yeah, it required explanation, so yeah. All right, moving on to the next story. This one I have seen absolutely everywhere because it's getting kind of old, but it it needed to be talked about a little. Uh, the headline is smuggler, Smugglers Ingeniously Disguise 48,000 Beer Cans as Pepsi to Sneak Them into Saudi Arabia. So not sure if everyone's up, but Saudi Arabia... And the United Arab Emirates, not really keen on alcohol. In fact, it's strictly forbidden. Yeah. I was going to say, so they're not part of our demo? <laughs> no, no, I would imagine not. Oh. I mean, the article that we found about this is from Maxim, and it's kind of cringeworthy, some of the things in it. The way the <laughs> article's written is pretty bad because it's from Maxim, but yeah. Okay, look, let's not. Someone worked hard on this. <laughs> But basically what the whole story comes down to is there were smugglers who were disguising 48,000 cans of Heineken as Pepsi to sneak them into Saudi Arabia. 
And if you see the pictures of it, they did a really good job. It's a pretty good. I mean, that looks like a Pepsi can when you don't. When if you want to look at the one like on the far right, you're like, oh, all right. There's there's a picture of of essentially various stages of undress of these cans. As yeah. They, they peel this this Pepsi cover off. Yeah, I honestly don't know how they got caught because it is like, yeah, like it's good. Off? Somewhere I, I I can guarantee you how they got caught looking at how they were packaged because they were in you know like the little pallets with plastic around them. One of those had a nick somewhere. I and it probably smelled like to... beer. They yeah, opened up no... the back of the trailer to yeah. inspect, and they're like, "Oh, it smells like beer in here." Dun dun dun. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they just I'm picturing them ripping one open and then saying whatever the Arabic version of jacuz is. <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's. Uh, but that's a from story there. from how the plastic wrapping that's over the cans is too professionally made, and I have a feeling that this had been going on for quite some time, and that this is just the truckload they finally caught. Maybe, maybe. from maybe they switched to Coke now. <laughs> maybe that's what tipped off. them off. If, if Nobody drinks Pepsi. Right. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, I, I I drink Pepsi, but whatever. <laughs> But the article goes on to talk about the draconian laws that they have in uh, Saudi Arabia against alcohol. No, in and general. It, oh, yeah, in general. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> but there was a British man who they tried to give 360 lashings uh, for bringing homemade wine into the country. Oh, but uh, as you can imagine, the British government stepped in and whisked him away quite quickly. Yeah. So these nationals are probably in a bit of trouble, but hopefully uh, they just get a fine or something or just a short yeah, amount of jail it's time. Not too bad. No corporal punishment there would be the best outcome. Yeah. Well. Hopefully, hopefully everything goes well for them. That's all. I <laughs> like I'm, I'm a little bit depressed now. We got something that's a little less. Um, yeah. A little less. Uh. uh uh, soul crushing. Yeah. Uh, our final story, and what I'd like to consider the main story, uh, came to us at the last second. I was very pleased because we were having issues finding a good final story. But craft beer icon Sam Calagione, and we discovered we can just think Chuck Mangione <laughs> to get his name right. <laughs> and all in the pre-show, we're like, how do you say his name? We're like, think Chuck Mangione. We're like, oh, Sam Calagione. Oh, okay. But we've talked about him in the past. He's the founder of Delaware-based Dogfish Head, who make the Pumpkin Ale and 90-Minute IPA. The uh, Midas Touch. The Midas Touch. Uh, the Midas Touch 60-Minute IPA and 90-Minute IPA. Those are like their staples, and you can find them almost anywhere. But, uh, yeah, he has taken it upon himself to start a new magazine called Palette. So you mean like, like a regular, like I could get it like on my Kindle or iPad or whatever I would have and read it there, right? You should be able to. Um, I don't believe it is out yet. I actually checked right after reading the story. I was like, oh, is it? Because they referenced the first issue. I was like, oh, is it out? And I got on the Play Store and couldn't find it. Oh no, it's just it's only in print. It says. Oh, only in print. Oh. Very much a print endeavor. Most of the content will not appear on the Palette website. Hmm. Well, that means we are going to need a subscription. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. That... But the article talks about uh, Calagione is the executive editor of Palette, a new quarterly aimed at people who, in the words of Dogfish Head, uh, the Dogfish Head website, like to think and drink. <laughs> While the magazine is aimed squarely at craft beer lovers, it's not a beer magazine. There will be plenty about beer, but the subject matter will be wide-ranging. Uh, the debut issue, as they're saying, uh, the subtitle says it all, only interested in everything. Yeah. So I really like the idea about this. I like the idea of, of a magazine, although, you know, there's that part of me that's like, oh, yeah, no, he's going to do a print magazine. Does he, does he hate money? Yeah. <laughs> It says it's a uh, an effort to get people away from their phones and computers. 
Which, I, sure. I mean, my eyes are basically burning every day from looking at screens all day. But Yeah, I have a feeling this is something we had talked about before where they sold a small stake of dogfish head to a private investment firm. And it oh. may have been to fund projects like this. Hmm. But I think it's a great idea, uh, diversifying, getting out there and doing more things. Yeah. yeah. So a single issue is $15, and a subscription with ads, like a normal subscription, is $55. And it's going to be... 55 for the year? It just says $55 for subscriptions. I'm not sure. I'm it's a quarterly. For, yeah, it's quarterly, quarterly, right, right. So, um, so I'd assume a year. It's going to be available at Whole Foods and Barnes & Noble. We can just pick it up at Whole Foods. <laughs> Who needs a subscription? You just buy theirs. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yeah, the article, I really like. It doesn't have anything to do about the magazine, actually, but there's a quote in there about Sam. Uh, it says, if craft beer didn't have someone like Sam, it would either have to invent him or it wouldn't be craft beer. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot to hang on one man's shoulders. There's a lot hanging on his shoulders because Dogfish Head is one of the, you know, they're one of the people who are out there and started yeah. the current craft brew craze that's going on. I, I'm just saying I lean more towards the, the someone would have stepped up to do this kind of thing, but that's it. That does not make what he did any less impressive. Then. <laughs> oh. Hmm? So he's not creating the magazine. He's just the new editor. Yeah, he's uh Okay. Yeah, they say that not Sorry, right I just off, got to but... the very end of it and I was like, Oh wait. I don't know. It sounds intriguing. We'd at least get an issue. Yeah, see what it's I mean, I really want to know m more in depth what they're going to be talking about in it because everything's really cloaked as to what's actually going on in it because I'm sure they're like, Oh, you gotta buy it to find out. <laughs> and that's available now? I don't believe so. This is the very first I'd heard of it. I'm sure in the next few months you'll see it. Yeah. Alright, so I guess that is it for the news. Uh, so today's topic, food and beer. Mm. Uh, with Thanksgiving right around the corner, we thought it'd be a good time to talk about beer paired with food and how to properly do that so it actually makes sense and kind of harmonizes together. Um, there are some basic principles behind this. I mean, isn't it and, just to get beer, eat with food? <laughs> one would think. But, uh, for example, like a uh, an IPA doesn't necessarily go with a pie very well. Or, you know, you don't want to have a porter with a pizza. I mean, so, and we'll learn why that is. There are actually, so a lot of uh, wine drinkers will recognize uh, wine sommeliers, and they'll tell you things that... Uh, the best food to pair with the best wine. There are beer sommeliers now. It's kind of a thing. And um, beer and food tasting events are getting pretty big, especially in uh, big cities. And with the ridiculous variety of beers out there these days, it, it, it makes a lot of sense, especially when comparing it to wine as to... I just think there should be a different title for them other than sommelier. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I associate that so much with, with wine, which is a thing I don't drink. Yeah. But so, as far as pairing the, the beer with the food, there are three basic principles to do this. Balancing the weights, comparing and contrasting the components, and bridging the flavors. Uh, balancing the weights is referring to you need to mirror the body of the beer with that of the food. So darker, more robust beers such as stouts and porters are going to pair, pair really well with richer foods like roasted meats, barbecue, or chili. So oh. it's it's chilly. So it's not it's not like I I just I put out a scale and I make sure I eat the exact same amount that I drink. <laughs> I mean that so would that be ideal for some I of think us. That could be a thing, yeah. But they're all saying more delicate beers like a pilsner or a kolsch tend to pair well with lighter foods like lean poultry, salads, or seafood. And you kind of, when you think about it, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But they have a nice little chart here, and how they're breaking it down is you don't want to pair something like a pilsner with ribs. 
because ribs are really rich food. There's a lot going on, really complex flavors, and it's going to completely overpower a Pilsner because a Pilsner isn't that strong of a flavor. I mean, there are things going on with it, don't get me wrong, but the ribs are just going to knock it out. Just, just going to knock it over, take its lunch money? Exactly. But what would go good with ribs would be something like a stout, probably a porter as well, because they're pretty close. I mean, they're both really rich flavors. They're going to stand out on their own on your palate. Uh, a Pilsner would actually go with something like a spring roll. Seems like it'd be a very reliable pairing. And they pick two beers to compare to everything in here. So they're just saying, like, stouts wouldn't go well with spring rolls. Yeah, stout, because a spring roll is a real light flavor, and the stout would just obliterate it on your tongue. It yeah. would just... <laughs> I I could see not getting the flavor out of a Pilsner for ribs, but I can totally see not being able to taste a spring roll because of what you're drinking. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, you would eat the take a bite of the spring roll and then take a drink of your stout and you would not taste the spring roll at all. Which, I've had similar things happen to me before, when I'm drinking a really strong beer and not eating something that's really heavy or got a lot of flavor to it, and then afterwards, there's nothing on your tongue. All you taste is the beer. Yeah. All right. Well, we can also uh, look at comparing and contrasting the components. Uh, so... The idea behind this is understand how the common ingredients used to produce beer will contribute to different sensations and tastes uh, that that'll give you some kind of either harmony or you know complementary or contrasting uh, elements in your beer or food pairing. For example, like if you get say a very sweet beer, like something that has a, like a lot of sweetness coming out of the malts, you might want to try that with something uh, that's if you want to do a contrasting taste to see, you know, kind of bring bring the uh, each other out to notice them more, maybe try something like a sweet or as kind of acidic kind of area, maybe bitter or whatever. If you want to try to complement the flavor, maybe get it, uh, you know, just to get more more of that sweetness, then find something, you know, nice and sweet, you know, something kind of sugary or whatever. And I think that's the idea behind that is you want to find a balance when you're trying to do these. Yeah, you know, this is this this part would be more like experimentation. What what works, what doesn't? Because taste is a little bit subjective. What tastes good to me might not taste good to you. So maybe you want something you you want contrasting flavors. You want to you want to throw in some I'm trying to give a nice sweet beer off the top of my head and I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I don't drink a well, lot of sweet be, beers. So. Well, as far as if you want to I know that a complimenting flavor would be um like when we went to the Beer and um, chocolate tasting, oh, the yeah. like the raspberry lambic um, like paired with the dark or, chocolate. Yeah, or lambic, yeah. Or you know maybe you want to do something like you know get a very hoppy you know IPA and then try it with something sweet just to just to see how that feels in your mouth. See what mm -hmm. you know, see if that's good. Or you, know, you could try it with something bitter. The chart here that we have doesn't really have any complementary components listed there. Yeah, the chart seems to be breaking it down, as in when, you, when you've got a beer picked, kind of think about what it is, where the flavors are coming from, and that'll help kind of guide you into what you're pairing it with. Yeah. Like, that's the, the, the main goal when you're doing this, though, is to, to think about the beer that you're getting, what's the most noticeable aspect of it? What, you know, do you taste any sweetness? Is it more bitter? Uh, some beers are spicy. There's a couple of like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, jalapeno flavored. I think I've had a jalapeno flavored pale ale before, which better than I would think. Like my brain <laughs> would just says none of those things go together. Uh, my taste buds went, "You were wrong, sir." <laughs> well, and even spicy in another sense, like if it's um, seasonal spices, yeah, yeah, they could be oh, yeah. pretty strong. So yeah, that's that's kind of the idea behind doing trying to, to look at the components for it, for what it is. All right, and then um, finally bridging the flavors. This is also another chart. We're going to link to this. Um, it's a Lifehacker article, and it's a big infographic chart. This suggests bridging ingredients in the food with aromas and flavors in the beer, and this enhances the flavors in both. So the example the chart gives, which, by the way, looks delicious, all these examples, uh, <laughs> The one that stands out to me, or one of them, I guess, is the uh, the Belgian style saison. The so the bridging flavor would be, it's got quite a few listed here, but like 
common ones would probably be uh, oregano, mint, lemongrass, um, coriander. And the example food is white fish with lemon and dill, which makes a lot of sense. I mean, you're going to see, I mean, well, like, like cod with lemon. You're now you can think, well, Belgian saison. Like there's a lot of different saisons out there, but um, well, like that, that one would actually be really good. Yeah, one of the, the bridging flavors is dill, and so you continue that on when you get to your, your white fish with you know, seasoned with some lemon and dill. So, yeah. Yeah. And the lemongrass too. So I mean, yeah. Like I'm, I, I think listed in that that chart as well. I think you did you say or no? It's a uh, for like the American pale ale. They mentioned rosemary, pine, spruce, and juniper are bridging flavors, examples to get you to like you know rosemary dusted creamed chicken. Sounds awesome. Yeah, and there's there's some there's some that have like you know I can picture drinking like a uh, a sati or something. You know, find something that's got like a nice other juniper flavor to it, and just carry mm. that carry that all the way through. Yeah, um, and then of course in the in the chart it goes from you know from light to dark on um, the beer and food. So the other one that looks delicious is uh, another Belgian style, which you know it's it, that's a lot of they just have a lot of good <laughs> a lot of good styles. Belgian but bacon wrapped date, and uh, that's paired with a Belgian style dark ale. Which, with the bridging flavor being dates um, or other kind of dried fruit. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. The bottom one on that is I love <laughs> that. A milk stout. The cake. Leading to a double chocolate cake. I wonder what's the bridging there. Yeah. Chocolate, truffle, yeah. <laughs> cocoa. Cocoa. Yeah. And then it says oh, yeah. a, a pairing tip is to follow your nose. You can um, find bridging know. flavors through aromas. Are you telling me I can I can bridge through Fruit Loops? Follow your nose. Ah. Kids stealing all. Every kid was stealing <laughs> someone's breakfast cereal. It's, it was always bothering me as a child. Um. So the the point of this whole the the principles and the whole the, all the charts is basically to find a harmony in what you're pairing, and it, it just kind of shows how complex beer is now. Yeah. Um, well, it's got a lot of different flavors to, you know. They, they took a lot of time throwing a lot of stuff in there to, to find a good sort of flavor palette a uh, good flavor palette for the uh, for the beer and mm. you, know, you want to take your time and pick some food that'll help accentuate that yeah. I mean it's fine on its own but you know if you drink too much beer just by itself you're <laughs> you get a lot drunker a lot faster than you would if you were you know, eating yes um, the other less sick that way <laughs> uh, the other um, big takeaway, uh, really researching any of this, is that generally you pretty much want to pair light dishes with light beer. And not to say light beer, but you know, like a, a lighter, a lighter bodied beer. So that would be lagers, pilsners, wheat beers. Um, and then as you go down to the heavier dishes, the beer also gets darker. So heavy dish, heavy beer. So a heavy-bodied beer could be stouts, porters, barley wines, and then the middle stuff would be ales, IPAs, um, and we'll get into some more, um, some good examples for the holiday season later on. Yeah, it, but you know, I think a good place to to get your head around some of this, if you are like a kind of a you know a wine drinker, maybe you're coming into beer. Try something like doing, you know, think about how you pair your, your wines with things. You know, like you want to put, like, I think is it fish with white wine? I think so. And so you would want to pair, like, you know, lighter beers into that area. Or, you know, I guess people drink red wine with steak. <laughs> like some kind of yeah. chardonnay or something. And so you'd, you'd want to put in, like, a porter or a stout with steak. I mean... Personally, I could probably do a stout with anything, but I, I would get how that would over, over you know, overpower yeah. the taste of fish. Yeah, a stout <laughs> with like a Caesar salad, probably not so much. Um, Look, you you watch it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, the we found an article that gave a really good example of this. I, I I don't drink a lot of wine, but I do like the darker kind of drier reds. Um, so the Cabernet Sauvignon and the Malbec, and it, those compare to 
the heavy body beers like the stouts and porters and barley wines. So much like the food chart was showing us, when you get start, start getting into like you know the steaks and the the, the crazy the rich meats, you're going to look for those heavier beers. Yeah, another thing to keep in mind is going to be the texture, and the article is also talking about the timing. But textures are a real interpretive thing. Some people are going to find different textures very pleasing, especially coming together in different ways. But what they were talking about in the article are about how things like bubbles can cut fried and fatty foods up a lot more in your mouth. So what they were talking about with this is saying you want to go with a more carbonized beer when you're eating uh, like rich, greasy foods like pizza. And when we were researching this, and as soon as I read that, this, that sentence, I was just like, mm, pizza. Pizza, man. <laughs> Nothing. I, I, I hear that, and I'm just like, yeah, no, pizza and beer. That's the, that's the staple. Yeah, uh, we ended up getting sushi, but uh, the whole time to go get sushi, I was just like, but pizza. <laughs> pizza. <laughs> but yeah, uh, they're saying it's a greasy match made in heaven and requires something that will stand up to the acids and the tomato and cut through the fatty cheese but not overwhelm the dish. They're saying uh, L's, Pilsners, and Lagers are your best bet with pizza, that's, and I have to agree. Yeah, yeah. that's actually really – that's accurate. Uh, I, back in – I don't know. I had to been just turned 21 or something. I tried drinking pizza with stout, and all I could taste was the stout, uh, which, I mean, uh, yeah. wasn't the worst thing in the world, but <laughs> I got pizza for a reason. Uh, yeah. There's another thing which we should probably bring up. Be careful about – just matching beer to region. For example, just because you're eating Mexican food doesn't mean you need to buy a Corona. <laughs> Not saying there's anything wrong with Corona. I'm just saying, you know, you get some, like, you know, um, steak fajitas or something. Maybe you want to taste that steak. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and you got to be careful because some of the brands that you may associate with being from certain regions probably actually aren't and are probably brewed in the U.S. or Canada anyway. There's also a thing here about uh, experts advocate drinking stronger and fruitier flavors when dining with spicy fare, uh, like ales, hefeweizens, wheat beers. I mean, no matter what you're drinking, something nice and cold is going to feel good against something hot. Uh, it may not make it less spicy, but the fruitiness, I think, it's not a thing I've tried, or not intentionally tried anyway. I'm pretty sure I've had a Hefeweizen with Mexican, though. Yeah, that kind of makes a little bit of sense. It's Well, and it's kind of like what that, the Lifehacker chart was referring to as far as, um, I think it was the, the con complementing flavors. So if you go, Hefeweizen is kind of a lighter a lighter yeah. style, and it's got a, it's got kind of a sweetness to it because some of them have like that banana kind of aftertaste. Mm. Um, so that'd be interesting, I think, to try with like Mexican food or Indian food or something. Some of the uh, some of the stuff here, uh, we found an article. Was it from Epicurious? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's got a couple suggestions for just styles of beer you may want to pair with food. You know, like ales they suggest with burgers, buffalo wings, Asian food, Mexican food, kind of your you know pizzas and some of that. You know, the fattier things, I guess, for the idea of trying to to you know I guess keep some of the flavor for everything and to I guess. Was the thing you know the stuff with the bubbles? <laughs> yeah, like when in doubt, a good ale to go with. If you're yeah. just going, that's why you probably see a lot of um, you see more ales around like sports season when you have like wings and you know cheese sticks and things like that. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. But yeah, you know, they have stuff like uh, I think like Bach beer. Like they wanted to pair with like Cajun food, jerk chicken, hmm. sausage. And I could see pairing Bach beer with sausage that. Yeah, that, that that seems like that's one of those things. Like, there's a reason you're picturing a beer and sausage. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, in that same chart, they're also saying a lager is going to pair well with uh, shellfish and light seafoods, like sushi. And yeah. I would have wanted to consider a lager with dinner. Oh, and then it also suggests lagers with uh, Mexican food. So, I think because it's it's you know lagers and ales share some some similarities. Yeah. You know, like for the same reason that they also suggest using pilsners with Mexican food because again, these are some of the the 
because they're in a lighter category. Yeah, they're in that lighter flavor profile category. Yeah, I would Whereas, say the lager is probably a me- uh, light to medium, where in the Pilsner is definitely light, but... Really, like, like, they're saying, like, porters and stouts with, like, barbecue and mm, Porter with smoked sausage or yeah, smoked food. Stout yeah. pair with roasted foods or smoked foods. Mm. I want. I really want to do a comparison one time, but the percentage of this show that is just us going. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Clearly, we need to have food with us when we're doing our drinking. No, we shouldn't be eating while trying to talk. That's rude. No. <laughs> It'd be the worst podcast ever. No, so bad. Oh God, the steak. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, oh, so the. Well, that's interesting. It also um, throws sushi down at the bottom, too, with uh, wheat beers and hefeweizen. Yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of go, interesting, too. Yeah, that seems to go with the vein of some of what we've been, what we've been discussing. Uh, oh, that makes sense, because then if you, could, if you do the complimentary thing yeah. and paired with some uh, citrus-flavored dishes, it says to do with a hefeweizen. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah. Sorry. Again, just keep going. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> There's a couple other things you might want to look up if you know you're feeling like you're in a, you're out, getting ready to go, order a drink with you know what you're trying to think of for dinner, and you're like oh what should I get? Uh, a couple couple decent guides and charts to look for. Uh, there's one from Beer Advocate and then one from Sam Adams. We'll have them up in the show notes as well, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're real good for you know on the go, on the spot. You're like oh this is. When you're presented with one or the other, like I have this food that I'm that I'm going to order, what drink should I take with it? Or you like oh, I already ordered a beer, what food should I get with it? And there's some quick on the fly charts that'll help you. The Sam Adams one is obviously going to be pairing you with only Sam Adams beers, and that's yeah. kind of good because a lot of them are going to be available at pretty much every restaurant you could be at. And no. but and then they also give the flavor profile. So if you did want to try to compare that to some other beer, that would make sense. Right. Now this is not to say that you you know we're just putting this out there as options when you want to get something to 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 drink with dinner. You know you don't have to. You get what you want. You follow your heart. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's what you like. If you if you're now if you're just like I don't know I really like stout with pizza then you yeah, go yeah. for it. You could be like oh there's just something about the dairy and the cheese that goes well with something in the malt. It, then that's that's you. We're all like like the chemicals in your tongue are co- going to be interpreted completely different, and it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. But those are yeah. At the very least though, if you want to try out some of these things, just just pull up these uh pull a couple of these links. And just had to save them to your phone next time you go out and go, yeah, okay, let's try it. Be adventurous. It's all. <laughs> yes. I'm saying be yourself, but also try new things. Stick to what you know, but branch out. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> We've also got some Thanksgiving beer pairings. Just in time for the holidays. But Yeah, they're starting it off like your main course, your turkey... Seems like these are just it's just a quick list off something yeah. to think about. I'm just uh, saying I want a Thanksgiving meal with each of the meals, like a whole like ridiculous portion of stuff with a beer for each one. Yeah. So you just want that like the little gla- little tasting glass with each one I'm, of them? I'm saying at the end of this meal I wanna feel like the the guy at the French restaurant in the Meaning of Life movie. Oh, <laughs> Or you could go another way with it. We shared a video uh, on Twitter and on our Facebook of a guy who brewed a beer out of an entire Thanksgiving dinner, starting with a turkey carcass. I mean, that man is a hero. Yes. I mean, he was just like cranberry stuffing, a turkey. I mean, it's it's all in there. And if you want to go watch them beginning to end with this, uh, they say the flavor as it came out was very smoky. <laughs> Yeah. I would imagine. But yeah, but, some of the pairings we got here. Did we Oh, we've not started into it. Uh with a turkey, you're gonna what a pair really well be a Saison. Yeah. I can get behind that. <laughs> Stuffing, uh you're looking at uh Czech Pilsner or just a Pilsner in general. And I mean, if you can't if you have to settle for not thought... getting a Czech Pils- Czech Pilsner. Yeah, the Czech Pilsner is listed on just about everything and I'm like, What oh, is this? Why haven't a... I had one? You've not had a Czech Pilsner? 
Apparently not. Oh, you yeah. have. You just you probably weren't don't paying know. attention to it at the time. No, like they're they're good. I like them. Like I again, it's one of those things you like from a different end of the spectrums. I love stouts, but yeah, no, bring me that Czech Pilsner. Yeah, Pilsner's <laughs> good guys, sometimes. Those guys know how to make it. Mashed potatoes and gravy with an English brown ale, and it recommends Samuel Smith because Samuel Smith. Um, <laughs> because reasons. Because, yeah, because Samuel Smith is delicious. Uh, they recommend a green bean casserole with American pale ale. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of green bean casseroles. Yeah, we totally don't make it at all at our house. That's, that seems like a course that here we could just skip. <laughs> We're just like, green bean casserole and American pale ale. Yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of we'll skip the green bean casserole. Well, what about the ham and the white and the Weizenbach? No, that sounds just fine. <laughs> that sounds interesting. Like, I really want to try that. We don't... I guess some people could do... See, and, and everybody's holidays are very different with what they make. We we do two different kinds of turkey, like two cooked two different ways. Oh. Um, and we, we we do ham at Christmas though, so I might try the Weizenbach at Christmas. With Maybe ham. my family's just unhealthy, but we do ham at any time we have a big holiday See, gathering. That's my family, and the ham is always gray. We're pretty sure they've had the same ham <laughs> since like 1988. And they just keep pulling it back out every year because I swear it's gray. Everyone just looks at it and that. pokes it. Everyone's like, no, no thanks. I don't want any ham this year. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> and we don't – see, we don't do cranberry sauce either. I, that that sounds like blasphemy to a lot of people, but I'm in the same boat. I actually, yeah, we don't either. But I'm, I'm not against cranberries. I think I'd eat it too. That would be really good with a turkey. Actually, but... I'm 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 trying to backtrack in my brain through all the years of Thanksgiving, and I'm going. Have I ever actually sat down to eat cranberries at any? No, <laughs> I don't think so. All right, guys. <laughs> I'm declaration. I'm going to try it this time. I, and at the very least, I got no. All right, just put a little bit on that plate. Whatever. And so, like, legitimately, it, so it says to pair an IPA with cranberry sauce. I think that would actually be pretty good. Yeah, that seems like. I mean. Going back into what we were talking about, those flavors are going to, I don't know, they're going to complement and contrast each other at the same time. Well, like, like the, could... hop, the bitter hops is a different kind of bitter than the bitter tartness of cranberries. Yeah. So I, I think that could go pretty well. What, what actually, the more I'm looking at this, the more to make it feel like we're not trying to kill ourselves with multiple <laughs> courses of meal. I'm just thinking like a you know, regular Thanksgiving dinner, but instead of having a... Uh, uh, having just a tall glass of beer, just getting some flights, get some small, just like yeah. have the, the ski, glasses, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, like the big ski paddles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's see. Uh, they're also saying sweet potatoes. You might take a Belgian double with your uh, okay. with your yams, because that's what sweet potatoes are. Yeah. Oh no, but they they're at, they're suggesting the Belgian uh, Belgian triple with turducken. They're turducken. Mm. I've never had turducken, but um, yeah. I mean, outside of it kind of sounding like an E. coli nightmare, um, <laughs> I I do want one. Like I want not... yeah, I wanted to try one. <laughs> we used to have a friend who that that's what they did for um for Thanksgiving. Um, she said that they they always did turducken like every every I think they even did it for Christmas too. Wow. Mm. But yeah. Well, let's start rounding this mm. uh this meal off and yeah. dessert. Pumpkin pie, so you can go ahead and guess where they're going with this, but a pumpkin pie, a Belgian strong dark ale. Yeah, that, I can see that. You don't want to do a pumpkin beer. That's too much pumpkin. Yeah, that, you unless to... you're just that that guy. You know? Yeah, that would overdo it. Are, are you that guy, Brittany? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like waiting for her to go, yes. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd go nuts, with, especially since some – Depends on where you get the pumpkin pie from. Like if you mm. if you don't make it, which we totally don't. Um, <laughs> but it, it you know some of them are kind of intense with the amount of spices they put in there. Yeah. So I don't I think that would be a little much. Uh, I, I guess maybe if I did a pumpkin porter, I don't know. But I'd probably try the dark ale first. <laughs> what about pecan pecan pie with a uh, with a Russian imperial stout? That's my jam right there. That's <laughs> what I'm, I'm already going. No, that's what we're. That's how we're ending it this Thanksgiving. I, I'll have to go and get a Russian Imperial Stout to have with my dessert, and then I'm just gonna fall on the couch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> once, once the alcohol and the itis takes over, and you just <laughs> uh, basically, I, I have to try that. Rocks me to sleep. 
That's got to be amazing, though. Man, this meal doesn't sound like it would slowly rock me to sleep. It sounds like it would punch me in the face and knock <laughs> me onto the couch unconscious. <laughs> yes. Just bang, like I finish, I burp, and then I fall over, and they have to send me to the hospital. Just like, oh, God, he won't wake up. <laughs> he slept into a food coma, ma'am. That's Thanksgiving. Speaking of the <laughs> itis, Brittany's got a different kind of itis right now. Bronchitis. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah if anyone's wondering why my voice sounds kind of jacked, uh, it's because I'm still sick. Though yeah. I'm drinking, I did look it up, and I'm only having the one beer, and this is the first bit of alcohol I've had in two weeks. Um, two weeks? I know. Two weeks. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I. so that that's what's up with that. Um, I, I'm... I'm in the home stretch though. So Thursday is my last day of antibiotics. <laughs> We've also got another article here that's going to it's four coffee beers to pair with your holiday pie. Yeah. While we're on the topic of dessert before this, so yeah. Dessert's that thing that keeps me from turkey. I don't know. I'm more of a main course kind of guy, but when I opened this up and immediately saw the stone coffee yeah, no. milk stout, I was like, oh, <laughs> I hadn't opened up the article until just now, and then I looked down and saw Stone Brewing Company Milk Stout, and I went, okay, never mind. I take back what I said. I was a fool. Uh, <laughs> I, I recant my previous testimony. Throw me in jail. Whatever. And there's Give like a to me. coffee cup turned over with coffee beans spilled out, and you're just like, oh, yeah. And I've been looking have, at it, the coffee milk coffee stout. Oh I've God. been looking at it. At, we've gone to the store every time we've been in the store, and I've, it'll be staring at me, and I'm like, oh, I can't justify getting it yet. <laughs> so but, just a quick rundown. The, the four beers it talks about are Stone Brewing's uh, Milk Stout. Mm -hmm. It just says Milk Stout, but it's, it's brewed with coffee beans, so it's kind of a coffee milk stout. I don't know how to say this. Ninkoski? No. Ninkasi Brewing Company? Noir? Um... I've never heard of this, but it's... I haven't either, but it's 7.5% alcohol and... Yeah. Brewed with coffee again. Brewed, brewed and coffee, favorite. It's a little bigger and bolder than the stone milk stout, it says, so wow. Oh, it's, it's got more hair on its chest. All right. <laughs> oh, with the addition of cold brewed coffee from Portland. Hmm. Uh, that'd be interesting. Uh, and it suggests with a pumpkin, or the pecan pie as well. Uh, yeah. Oh, you can find it at Whole Foods, too. Clearly, we just need to make a run to Whole Foods. Yeah. Uh, that's what's going on. Uh, next up, looks like Eagle Rock Brewery Stimulus. I never heard of this, but uh, it looks like it's from L.A. Is it made with yeah. meth instead of coffee? Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> Stimulus. No, wake up. Combining uh, coffee with a sparkling Belgian-style amber ale. Oh, hmm. okay. That's no. intriguing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. If, in my head, I don't know if I'll like it, but I'm I'm curious enough to try. Let's do this. Um, twenty. It's a twenty-two ounce bottle. So one, of course, you know, one of the big, tall Woo. specialty ones. Much drier than a milk stout, and an addition of fruity, spicy yeast, mm. um, mixed with the floral and citrusy coffee. Mm. It says to pair it with apple pie or apple pie a la mode. Yes. Yeah, no, I'm just picturing my grandmother's old apple pie right now going like, mm. she would be mad if I drank beer along with that, but that would make a good pie. <laughs> yeah, damn, that's good. <laughs> damn um, fine apple pie. <laughs> damn fine. Uh, finally, the Alesmith Speedway Stout, which I have also never heard. Like, Stone is the only one on here I've ever heard of. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of these aren't they may not be nationally there. distributed yet. Hmm. That's... When they mentioned the one from Portland, I went, I bet you're, you may not be on my coast. Yeah, oh, like these last two are definitely, well, I guess, and the one from Portland. Most of these are West Coast, so... Yeah, this one's San Diego, so... We've not heard of them. Um, <laughs> also infused... So they're all brewed with coffee, basically. Different kinds of coffee. And there are different kinds of pies that it suggests pairing them with. So that's awesome, and I think everybody should just try this year. If you if you're scared of, or if you don't want to have like the create your own six pack of of holiday pairings for the entire meal and just like plow through these beers, I think what I'm gonna do is if we have time to like buy something before we go, 
Uh, well, we're bringing our locally made cream ale here. Mm. So we're going to bring that in. And I think the cream ale could go well with uh, the main course. And then definitely a stout of some kind or porter for dessert. Yeah, sounds good. I'd kind of right. like to bring an IPA, but it requires <laughs> buying something else before we go home. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like we've already started into this next thing here, but why don't we get into what we're drinking? Drink with me, friend. Uh, well, we haven't really talked about what we're drinking currently, but... Um... <laughs> We talked yeah. about your your that you are drinking for the first time in a little bit. So that's true. That's true. Um, sorry, I'm also still just like what? Uh, okay, so we've actually had this for uh, a little bit now, and surprisingly, we haven't gone through the whole pack. I'm I'm kind of. The hunt was on after we broke the news story. Yeah, so this is the beer from the news story about New Belgium pairing with Ben and Jerry's for a special seasonal one-off beer that's going to end after the holiday season. Um, and now it's everywhere. I swear, ever since we did the story, it's just all over the place. We've seen it on end caps in like five different stores. They so it's us. the... Huh? They heard us. They, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they heard did. our demand. It's like we we put out the episode and then suddenly, bam. Um, so it's a, it's a brown ale and it's the salted caramel brownie brown ale. The ice cream was amazing. We found the ice cream first. There was like two pints left at the grocery store, so we totally bought both of those. Did you have to fight someone for them? No, they were they were like hidden though. To be fair, they were back in the back hidden. Yeah, and so we had to look for it. Someone hid those, and Matt was probably mad you found them. Yeah, probably. I mean, because we I don't think I've even seen the ice cream again. Um, but yeah, the beer is everywhere now. So the the beer is delicious. I it you can definitely taste. The brownie, it's, it, the brownie's kind of like an aftertaste, and then um, the salted caramel's definitely like up front, and it's it's everything that you wanted it to be. Like, I will really give perfect. the warning, because my first thought was like, there's an ice cream and a beer. I was like, no, we're doing a beer float. That's happening. And I did a small, small portion, because I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, it's going to curdle. It's going to be kind of gross. I don't know if you've ever tried to make uh, too big of a car bomb and it yeah. just kind of curdles. And then after a few drinks, you're like, Oh no, we're done with that. I had a feeling this was going to go that way. So I did a small one. Those first two or three sips were heaven. I mean, everything was just blending beautifully together. And then that fourth or fifth sip, it was okay. We're dumping this out. Then it was the, the thickened liquid <laughs> from, from Nertacular. Um, thickened liquid. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, the final thing about this beer, sorry, uh, it's six point two five percent ABV, so pretty, yeah. pretty um, average, I guess, yeah. ABV yeah. wise. But yeah, it's, it's delicious. I highly recommend. Like if you can find it right now, go grab some before it's gone, because after the holiday season, it's just gone. All right. Well, uh, I'm drinking uh, something from uh, Goodwood Brewing called called the Louisville Lager. Lager aged in uh, on white ash, apparently. Uh, We've no, seen this too at the store, and I think we actually have a bottle to try at some point in the fridge. Yeah, but I was stout. really curious about it. I, I was talking to Brittany about it. I think you guys have the stout. Uh, mm -hmm. I I got the I grabbed the lager as part of one of my my create your own six pack sort of things, and at first it was just kind of just. Just a lager didn't have a whole lot going on, but the longer I've been drinking on it, the more the more I'm getting some of that some of that you know wood ash flavor in there, and I'm I'm liking it. Huh. Like it's it's not the greatest beer I've ever had in the world, but you know what? It's it's not bad. It's it's pretty good though. I do I do say like yo, give it a shot if you find it. Uh, obviously it's a lager, uh, and it's uh, only like 4.2 percent alcohol, so it's you know pretty light. Pretty light, but it's it's fairly tasty. I will say though, when I opened this bottle, it was like someone dropped pop rocks into this thing. It just kept trying to <laughs> foam out. But yeah, no. Okay, so and then for for those outside of our uh, general region here, we're saying Louisville, 
Some people will say Louisville. Or Louisville. It's they are Louisville. wrong. Louisville. It, you have to say it wrong like the Kentuckians do. Um, we're not saying that we're saying it the correct way. We're saying it the correct way for Kentuckians. <laughs> you come to Kentucky and say Louisville or Louisville or Appalachian, no one's going to know what the hell you're talking about. You're going to be looked at like a crack addict. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's Yes, it, the, the city was named after King Louis. Correct. We do not say that. It is Louisville. <laughs> it's as if there were more syllables and letters involved. Um, Less movement of the tongue. Louisville. <laughs> just, just let it roll over there. Just, yeah. just <laughs> power through that word. But, so the downside is it's pretty. It's another one of those localized things. So I don't know how widely spread it is right now. But if you're in the, I would. I, it's it's up here too. So I would say if you're in uh, Kentucky or um, the greater Ohio. Cincinnati area, you'd probably be able to find it. Maybe even like um, west and east of Kentucky. Yeah. All right, and I was stalling for time because I can't find any of the pertinent information on my bottle, but I am drinking a Samuel Smith Oatmeal Stout. It is obviously a stout. Um, it's If you go to some stores where they're going to put like staff picks and things up front, if you're just going in browsing, it is usually, that's where I found it. I'd heard a lot about it. I'd seen it before. Uh because oatmeal stouts, I'd never really been into them, and then I finally had the founder's breakfast stout, and I was like, no, no, oatmeal stouts, that needs to be a thing from now on for me. Man. But it is an import. Uh, that was really big during the import craze of like the past 10, 15 years that we were going through that's just now kind of fading out, and it is delicious. I love it, and I have looked over this bottle several times, and I can't get... <laughs> An ABV or anything. Can't get any information out of it. It's it's inscrutable. It's uh oh crap. Oh, it's five percent. Okay, I say it's very British. You can't understand a damn thing it says. Um, it's I found on on Beer Advocate, so it's got it's five percent ABV. Okay. All right. Uh, any any I guess you guys have mentioned a little bit of your special drinking plans for for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, actually, uh, as Brittany was saying, our local brewery, who we frequent their tap room, uh, finally, in the last week, started canning their uh, golden cream ale. It's called Storm. We picked up a six-pack, and we were thinking we'd take that home so some of our families could try it because it's within walking distance of us, and it's a little lighter. We figured it'd be a nice way to start the meal. And plans are starting to lean towards, with every course, let's get a different beer. And we'll start lighter and start tracking in darker and darker until we hit dessert with like a porter or a stout. Yeah, and so we also got the, um, for some reason out right now, they're they're pretty, they're, they're like everywhere. I don't know why that is, but um, two more of the Game of Thrones themed um, beers are out. And we got two of those. We got the uh, Take the Black Stout. I have seen those, yeah. And um, I can't remember the other name of the other one, but it's a, it's a Blonde Ale. Oh, it's the uh, Iron Throne. Iron Throne Blonde Ale, yeah. Um, so those might be good to pair with stuff, too. Like the, I'm, I'm very intrigued about that stout. Like That could be good with um, the pumpkin pie, probably. Mm -hmm. Now I'm just sitting here in my head just going... And I'm, I think I'm going to look for, I'm definitely going to look for some more of that stuff because we're getting an apple pie to take home for Thanksgiving um, from Whole Foods because they're doing this big, like, order your whole Thanksgiving meal here and just, like, pick it up. Um, but So we're bringing the pie home, and I will check to see if Pallet is available. Is it Pallet? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Pallet. Right. Um, the, uh, the magazine. The magazine. I'll see if that's available yet, and if nothing else, I can also see... If any of those beers we talked about are there, I kind of want to, like, while we're all kind of like back, back in the same general neck of the woods, just get my mom to make an extra apple pie and just drop it off. Like, no, you have to have this. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, it wouldn't survive any drive with me because I would just be sitting there trying to eat it while driving. Five no. minutes would pass, and you'd be like, "Well, has been a while since I've eaten. It's been eight <laughs> minutes." It has been. Oh. <laughs> 
Uh, no, uh, unlike you guys, I will not be. I will not be drinking on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, my family is a bit dry. Uh, so, also, there's a whole lot of children, like six and under, eight and under. I I guarantee you, one of them would pick it up by mistake and just start drinking. Ooh, that'd be a bad time, yeah. <laughs> like I'm just like, no, I there, there. I have so like all of my cousins have kids now. Like there's, it's not safe. But I'll I'll find time after after to to enjoy some some Thanksgiving beer pairings maybe. That's what the leftovers le- are for. I yeah, some leftovers. That's what that's what that's about. Um, yeah. All right. And well, I believe this will lead into our next segment, the feedback. Yes. Uh, okay, so we got two awesome emails on the on this last episode, but we don't actually have any feedback since that episode. I mean, but that's fine. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, but this is a great time if anyone wants to write in to let us know what you did for Thanksgiving, since this will come up. Um, this episode will be posted just before the Thanksgiving holiday here in America. So if you want to get back to us about what you paired with what, what worked, what didn't work. So, uh, And then, of course, the Christmas holiday is coming up, uh, Christmas meals and treats and things. To get to us, you can always go to our one-stop shop of haveadrinkshow.com. You can send feedback there from the feedback link or connect with us from there to Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and even SoundCloud if you want to send us a message on there. Or you could also just email feedback at haveadrinkshow.com and let us know your thoughts. Yeah, and also with suggestions... It will impact what we're doing. Like, we were going to put this episode off until it was going to be the next one. It was going to be between Thanksgiving and Christmas. But because of some feedback we got, you all wanted this episode a little sooner. So we bumped it up in the into a different slot so we could get it to you before Thanksgiving. And also, yeah, that's a good place to put it. It was a good good idea. We appreciate it. If you have funny, drunk Thanksgiving stories, I, you know, I'd love to hear Please, them too. Yeah. Please, but, we are fully open to that. And with your permission... We would love to read them. <laughs> or even if you just want us to read them and not read them on air, I'm, you know, just as That's long funny. as I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> We'd also like to take some time to thank uh, Alan Robinson for the show music and uh, Lynn Peralta for the album art. Uh, you can find links to their stuff uh, on the episodes pa- on the episodes page for the site. And uh, don't forget, please uh, subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher. Uh, rate us on iTunes. It's really, really very helpful if you do. Uh, links for that can be found over on the site. All right, and then uh, check us out in another couple of weeks for the next episode, and thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker, and see you next time. Bye. Bye.